Welcome, everyone. This is uh, Sean Eakins. I'm the general manager for the Sacramento Natural Food Co-op. Today, I'm here to talk about uh, the Co-op Scoop. It's our audio podcast, and we're going to be featuring interviews with farmers, food artisans, co-op movers and shakers, and even some bakers. Every week, we intend to bring you a large scoop of food knowledge, highlighting one of the most bountiful food regions in all the land. Welcome, everybody. This is Sean Eakins, the general manager at Sacramento Natural Food Co-op. And uh, we're back again with another sec, uh, podcast, uh, the Co-op Scoop. Um, today, we're with Full Belly Farm, which is a beautiful, diverse, organic farm near the Cape Valley town of Guinda, um, about an hour from the co-op. We've been working with Full Belly for over 30 years and are proud to offer its vegetables, nuts, flowers, and more year-round in our produce department. Drew Rivers is one of the farm's founding partners, and among her many roles, she is instrumental in the production of one of the farm's most beautiful crops, its flowers. Welcome, Drew. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Sean. Yeah, I'm very uh, excited today. Uh, Some of my favorite products at the the co-op come from Full Full Belly Farm, so I was excited to have a chance to sit down and chat with you. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here too. So I'm excited oh, <laughs> about spring. <laughs> oh, me too. Um, well, I, I, we'll kick off. Um, since the farm, you know, it's incredibly complex. There's a million different directions we could go into. Um, but right now, I, I thought it would be great to talk about the peak flower season and uh, just talk about uh, how that part of the farm um, has developed over the years. Yeah, um, so uh, the, the farm actually started in uh, 1983. It's kind of a you know, beautiful love story where my husband <laughs> and I met at a conference and um, we, he was farming um, sort of peripherally with his family and I was a farm manager at UC Davis. And um, we met, uh, got married, and decided we really wanted to find sort of a home farm. And so we went on a lovely trip around Northern California, came upon this incredibly beautiful spot here in the Cape Valley. And uh, we rented the land for the first five years, and then it came up for sale. And uh, we came, became business partners with one of our um uh, our still current business part- partner, Judith. And um, at that time, I was uh, pregnant again, had more kids and really sort of where is my role in the farm? What can I do to sort of, um, you know, do what I love to do, but also have my children there. And right. so I started a small garden and um began growing just literally a handful of flowers and started taking them to the farmer's market, bunching them, you know, at midnight before the farmer's market. And um, that was really rewarding. Uh, I learned a lot from other families uh, that live near us, particularly Good Humus Farm, which also sells flowers to you guys. Yeah, yeah. And we started getting a little bit more serious about wanting to grow flowers on a bit of a bigger scale. And, you know, how can we um, make this more a part of the business? And 
uh, probably five years later, we then had more like a quarter of an acre, half an acre of flowers. And I was, um, you know, doing that along with all my other farm duties. And it was really um, a wonderful start. We had probably 10 varieties and we started selling a few beyond the farmer's markets to your co-op. Probably you guys were one of our first customers as a store too. Right. And, um, you know, it just grew from there to where it is now, which is we probably grow 15 acres of flowers. Oh, wow. Um, the farm has grown in its size and scope as well, obviously, over the last uh, 35 years. So, but the flowers have really sort of slowly grown, and we now have a crew of uh, five women who help. My daughter has returned to the farm and she helps um, with all the flower things too. So it, it's kind of a great evolution story of, you know, just growth in a sustainable way. Um, and the flowers are now, I'm very proud to say, Sean, are, are probably num- they, are, they vie for number two or number three uh, crop as far as income for the farm. Oh, wow. So. Wow. It's really a great story. <laughs> well, I, um, you mentioned you had 10 varieties. How many um, varieties do you have now? Um, I have a list here in front of me. I think it's about 85. Oh, wow. Um, and we are growing flowers kind of year round. Um, we dry flowers all summer so that we can continue to sell dried bouquets and wreaths in the winter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but it's about 80 to 85 different varieties. <laughs> so considering you said it's number two now in the in the farm, did you have to do any convincing early on to dedicate that acreage to the flowers? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at first it was like, oh, sure. Here's your little quarter acre, half out acre. You grow what you want. And then after it became apparent that at the market people were just loving the flowers um we are able to sell them for a pretty good price then it was like oh drew why don't you have this more land and um so yeah it actually uh, took probably four or five years to people for people here especially my husband to um <laughs> you know really recognize that they were a very viable crop for us to grow. Yes. Um, the Cape Bay Valley, our weather, Sean, is so good for flowers. It's, you know, beautiful this time of year, warm, hot in the summer, but some right. of the heat loving flowers just love it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, now I, I have a rain of probably 12 or 15 acres. Wow. Yeah, we uh, we actually just uh, created our own full service floral department here. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, growing even further with you uh, in the flower business. So uh, we uh, kind of felt like it was something that has uh, grown in demand during COVID. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said, you know, hey, flowers don't stop doing them. They make us feel good. And, uh, you know, and everybody, I think, has been happy that they've continued to flow in and um, I just felt like we had some space available here. So we added a cooler and uh, did a little mural and we've got a floral department now. <laughs> 
Well, I just want to say thank you. We we just love selling to the co-op. It's honestly our favorite, um, our favorite spot to sell to. Just because I know you guys do such a beautiful job displaying them and keeping them, you know, really lovely looking. So, um, yeah, and we we sell now also wholesale to uh, people oh, okay. that. Um, you know, sell our flowers to other stores, but we would much prefer to go direct to you guys. So well, we the more you can it. do. <laughs> and Bernadette yeah. uh, has really taken ownership of the floral uh, department, which I think is why it's just gotten better and better. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one of the amazing um, silver linings of the pandemic has been that people are, just so hungry for something that makes them feel good, which flowers do, but also knowing that they're local um, and that they're certified organically grown has become even more important to people. So the fact that you guys carry local flowers is just a huge asset to the co-op, I think. Well, and I think something else I was going to bring up um, with the fact that you've got 12 to 15 acres now, um, you know, and the flowers are so beautiful, but what other benefits do those flowers bring to the farm? Well, one of the the unfortunate things about a podcast is I wish I could take you out to the field. Um, Uh, You know, when, (laughs) when, (laughs) when we're in full bloom out in the fields, probably through June through September, you cannot believe the number of beneficial insects, bees, uh, bumblebees, just, you know, just a huge array of beneficial um, pollinators. And we feel like the flowers have been a boost, not just because we can sell them and they're so beautiful, but because they bring in um, so many different insects that we want here at the farm to pollinate our our other crops like melons and, um, you know, hard squash and things like that life. And I love reading stories like, you know, right now there's seeming to be such a decline in bumblebee population. Um, But you come out to our fields and you just can't even really believe that because the flowers just attract so many of those, um, so many bumblebees and other native pollinators. Right. So um, it's really a boost for that as well. And Full Belly has also dedicated a lot of the farm to other wildlife as well. Um, How does that benefit the farm and the wildlife? So, yeah, years ago, even before it was sort of cool, (laughs) we (laughs) planted a lot of hedgerows, which are just um, perennial plantings around all the borders of the farm um, that include natives, um, like red buds and ceanothus and oaks. So all of our fields on the entire farm are sort of outlined and bordered by these hedgerows. And mm-hmm. those bring in, you know, again, um, diversity is just is the key to any sort of really healthy live ecosystem. So right. um, those uh, trees, 
trees and, and shrubs that are planted in the hedgerows are constantly blooming year round. Um, so there's always something for beneficial insects to be, uh, uh, birds, and uh, you know, it just creates this very diverse, really healthy ecosystem here. I think one, yeah, one thing, you know, from driving from Sacramento to our farm, there's so many bare naked fields uh, where only the the crop almonds or walnuts are growing with nothing else. And imagine being a native pollinator insect looking for, you know, (laughs) life to get your nectar from. So, you know, we just feel like we need to really increase that diversity along all borders of the farm. Right. Um, how about um, little, tell us a little bit about the people at the farm. How big uh, is the crew and are they year round? Are they seasonal? Yeah. So um, our crew consists of about 80 to 85 um, people and they are all year round full time we have been committed to that concept since the beginning of our farm farming career. Um, we feel like having year-round and full-time employment for our employees is really critical. Um, the idea of migratory labor is so destructive for communities, for families, for yes. kids, schooling, and So, you know, we have really stayed committed to a year-round employment for all of our crew. Many of them have worked here for 20, 25 years or more. Oh, wow. Um, So, yeah, and the flower crew is a great example. Um, We have really committed to that wonderful group of five women um, to have year-round employment. So we have expanded our scope on the flowers to include dried flowers, uh, dried wreaths, so that throughout the winter months we have work for them. I, I think it's been really fun just in the whole scope of the farm to think about year-round. We are harvesting 50 weeks out of the year. We take a a break in December, but uh, we keep everybody employed year round. That's, that's amazing. Um, And then one of the things I wanted to bring up, uh, we talked about kind of the pandemic silver linings, but I know full belly has been famous for hosting the annual hose down harvest celebration for 30 years and more now. Um, and you welcome people to the farm in a lot of ways during normal times. What's that been like now with, uh, you know, canceling events or isolating the public during the pandemic? Oh, gosh, um, it's been really hard. And uh, I'll tell you a couple of reasons. You know, from the get go, our farm has been really committed to educating people and bringing people actually to the farm, whether it's the hose down or we have summer camp or we have educational programs with local schools. I would say we have, you know, two or 3000 people visit our farm every year. Um, And then the hose down brings another 4,000. So, um, (laughs) It's been very strange and a little bit, honestly, sad. 
Um, because you know, the touch of the farm, the feel of the farm brings people so connected to where their food comes from. And, you know, as we lose that connection, um, it's just hard for people to not realize some of the things that farming involves and have. So, um, we're really hopeful and looking forward to a time again where we can have people come. We do farm dinners, we do pizza nights, and um, there, yeah, it, it's a sadness for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, things are going to be opening up here soon. Uh, I think uh, 2021 can shape up to be a little bit of a better year. I, I, I feel it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, been important for us to also for the safety of our crew. Yes. Um, and, you know, they are working here. Those 80 people show up every single day with masks on and, you know, doing their really in good intentional part at providing food for everyone. So keeping yes. people safe here was really important to us. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Well, and I think... Um, you know, part of what we had seen, too, during the pandemic was, you know, our produce, our meat providers, our ranchers, we were able to stay in stock throughout this whole time. Um, and if you look at a lot of the conventional struggles, you know, it really did point to um, good business doing well throughout the pandemic and questionable businesses not faring so well, which is unfortunate for their workers. But I think it really showed that uh, local and um, people doing the right thing all the time, not just because of a an event. Um, it really stood out to me more than ever before. I I totally agree. I mean, we have never been so flooded with um, requests for people to join our CSA. Yeah. Um, our farmers markets have been doing really well. Our business with you, the same. And I do think there is such a wonderful silver lining of people realizing this importance of local, of organic, of healthy. Um, and I, I just can't actually uh, stress enough how I feel like that's been a positive change over yes. the last year. Yeah. Yes. And I think one other thing on top of that is, can you speak to just how the way you farm can positively impact the environment? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> farming is, um, you know, it definitely has an impact on the environment. But I think farming well and farming smart, meaning organically grown um, uh, doing things with a really healthy, sustainable attitude can really positively impact um, the environment. You know, we're constantly looking at how we can mitigate uh, climate change with growing more cover crops, with having something growing and harvesting um you know, the sunlight all year round, the soil is, yes. you know, we've learned so much in the last few <laughs> years about how farming can actually positively impact climate change. And yes. um, we are really big proponents of that and doing everything we can to um, help in that direction. 
Are there any specific practices that really are making full belly more resilient to the effects of climate change? Well, I would say, you know, um, again, that sort of drive through the Central Valley of sort of sterile soils, bare yes. ground is just su such the wrong direction. And mm -hmm. the direction we're encouraging farmers all across the country is planting cover crops in your fields, having, um, you know, less tillage uh, when you're doing your groundwork. Again, yeah. having beneficial um, plantings of natives and flowers uh, around your farm, in, you know, increasing that diversity as much as you can. Um, so I, we're just we're all all of us as owners and managers are involved with sort of the bigger picture as well as our own farm. Uh, we belong to organizations that are really working towards that goal of um, mitigating climate change. So yes. um, hopefully we're doing our part, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, we're, uh, I think we're so fortunate to have you as a partner and, uh, I think that's just been an amazing relationship and one uh, I think uh, we will continually uh, grow and build upon. I'm excited for that. Um, well, yeah, we're so, uh, I just have to say, I think the SAC co-op is really one of the exemplary co-ops in the whole country. Um, your commitment to organic um, and your, you know, really education, all the education that you guys do is so valuable. Uh, I can't say enough how much I appreciate what you all do. Well, thank you. And same, I think uh, and I look forward to uh, doing some in-person podcasts here in the near future and maybe getting out in the field a little bit uh, would be exciting. Um, and I just had a question for you. What's your favorite flower out of all of them that you grow? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, it, I think if you ask me um, every week, I might have a different one. <laughs> but um, right now, uh, lilacs are my favorite. Um, uh, I just love the spring. I love that time when the lilacs start blooming. And I hope we can get some to your store this year. We planted about 100 uh, lilac bushes, oh, wow. so we can sell you some. I hope that would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, and I don't know if anybody's tried them, and they're kind of hidden a little bit. But your pickles are one of my favorites right now. I don't know what it is, but um, I go through like a, a jar of those a week. So <laughs> I know they're addictive. <laughs> yes, I uh, I can't believe I just never even. Uh, it was like earlier this year or last year that I just. Uh, picked the jar up and I was like, how have I not had these already? So um, those are like my new favorite. If people have not tried those yet, I would recommend it. <laughs> Good. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. And thank you for uh, dealing with our um, technical difficulties today. I think we made it through all right. And um, Yay. I, I appreciate your time. I know you've got a lot going on as well. And uh I look forward to um, speaking again in the future and uh, doing this yeah. again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Same. So, thank you All so right, much. Sean. Thank Let's, you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.